The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly read for radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I'm the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Entering its 28th year, founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20 your retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is the hemp ace herself, Joy Beckerman, who will join me in about 30 seconds. The name of the show is Hemp Present, and today we have the pleasure of representing the hemp after the recent signing of the Agriculture Improvement Act of 2018, commonly referred to as the Farm Bill. Included in this assemblage of agricultural policies contained within the Farm Bill are provisions, specifically a measure known as Section 7606 that ends federal prohibition of industrial hemp cultivation in America by removing hemp from the Controlled Substances Act. The Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 criminalized cannabis and the Controlled Substances Act of 1970 classified all forms of cannabis as Schedule I, the most restricted category. The federal government held little distinction between euphoric cannabis and its non-psychoactive industrial cousin, 
but all that has changed. As I mentioned on my last show, this recent game-changing legislation allows states to become the primary regulators of hemp, something that the American farmer and our planet's biosphere desperately needs. Hemp farmers will now be eligible for crop insurance, and researchers will now qualify to apply for federal grants. This monumental occasion comes after many decades of sweat equity and shoe leather organizing and advocacy by more people than we'd have time to list during this show. I met today's guest for the first time in 1995 at the High Times Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam, Holland, and we remain good friends and comrades. She is a one-woman dynamo. I'm proud to call her my friend and to welcome her back to Hemp Present. In addition to serving as president of the Hemp Industries Association, a nonprofit trade association founded in 1994 that represents over 1,200 hemp farmers and businesses in the U.S., Joy Beckerman is also vice president of the U.S. Hemp Authority, which created the first certification seal program for hemp industry, current good manufacturing practices and good agricultural practices. Joy Beckerman also serves as national board member for Normal, the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Most recently, Joy has served multiple clients as principal of Hemp Ace International, a New York-based consulting, legal support, and expert witness firm serving the global hemp community. Beckerman's extensive background in compliance and complex civil litigation support includes high-profile corporate cases and multiple multi-million dollar civil lawsuits. As a hemp industry leader and internationally renowned educator and public speaker, Joy has received accolades from industry organizations for her contributions, including earning her the 2014 National Hemp Activist of the Year Award from the Hemp Industries Association. And she was also the recipient of the 2016 Seattle Hemp Fest Award for Achievement in Hemp And she's here to award you the privilege of tapping her deep knowledge of everything industrial hemp. Welcome, Joy, to Cannabis Radio. You just touched down from Puerto Rico. I did, brother, and I am so happy to be on the line with you and, and hempicating with you. Thank you so much for having me and for that verbose introduction. Uh, that In was terms the show. of my resume, was, we have that, to figure out that, a way. That was pretty much the show. Take shorter. care, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we're gonna, we are going to raise the temperature here and hemp present uh, to the extreme. So let's just dive right in because I know that it's late awesome. for everybody. Uh, the first salvo against the federal prohibition of hemp actually happened in 2004 after the Hemp Industries Association took on the DEA's attempt to prohibit the importation of hemp seed and oil uh, for processing and manufacture in the United States. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals struck down that rule and manufacturers were allowed to continue importing hemp. Then the 2014 Farm Bill allowed for pilot programs where universities and states could cultivate industrial hemp, and that's what's been happening. Did the Hemp Industries Association or the HIA have a role in hemp being legalized via the 2018 Farm Bill? I can't imagine that we didn't, of course. I mean, we have been around, as you stated, since 1994. And in fact, as you know, that 2004 case uh, was the Hemp Industries Association and several of our members uh, versus the Department of Justice and the Drug Enforcement Administration and the HIA and, and our plaintiff members were able to save, in fact, uh, the entire hemp seed oil industry and hemp seed for human consumption industry uh, for the United States, for consumers, for importers, for manufacturers, distributors, cottage industry. Uh, and then Section 7606, by the way, brother, was actually the section in the 2014 Farm Bill. Um, okay. So it didn't. Yes, yes, yes. And that was, and it you. will be repealed. Yep, it will, and it will be repealed uh, as of January 1, 2000, uh, 
2020. And we'll talk about that as we get more into this farm bill. But indeed, uh, the HIA took the DEA to court two more times just in the last two years, uh, which is all part of this federal movement um, to liberate the oil, seed and fiber and non-intoxicating extract varieties of industrial hemp. And one, one of those lawsuits was for the marijuana extract rule. And I think we've discussed that before. And that is in December of 2016, the DEA pulled another fast one, uh, as they had done in the early 2000s when they put forth this interim and interpretive rule, just arbitrarily making all of the sudden, i.e. the hemp industry was starting to gain traction, all of the sudden hemp seed oil and non-viable seeds for human consumption Schedule One controlled substances. So in December of 2016, they finalized the rule that had been in uh, a proposed state for five and a half years, which had defined marijuana extract as one or more cannabinoids extracted from the genus cannabis. Now they had that had had that rule in a proposed state since July of 2011, which completely ignored this this intervening federal legislation, which was. 7606, that section of the Farm Bill of 2014, which defined industrial hemp for the first time in, in U.S. history and distinguished it from marijuana and quantified it with a level of THC as in not greater than 0.3% THC. And the DEA was refusing to recognize that. And we took them to the mat in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and and what that inspired was 29 federal legislators, including Senators Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, and Senators Wyden and Merkley, Democrats from Oregon, and 26 other uh, con congressional members from the House, to file an amicus brief on our behalf and lambaste the DEA. They used the word overreach. They used the word abuse. They used the word opposite multiple times in this tremendous amicus brief. Uh, and as, as you know, Vivian, but many of our listeners may not know, amicus is Latin for friend of the court. And it's a it's a mechanism where people who want to or entities who want to uh, put forth an argument in your case, as long as they have permission from both sides. So the DEA did give these 29 federal legislators permission along with us to file this brief. And it just continued to, to rile things up. And we had to file another lawsuit in the Ninth Circuit uh, as a motion for order to show cause why the DEA should not be held in contempt for violation of the court's 2004 order. So between that, between the fact that we have been nurturing businesses and hemp businesses now for 25 years in the United States and the tremendous coalition partners we have, particularly the hemp, the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, these are all major factors. Um, and uh, and also, let's give tremendous credit to the legislators uh, who saw this through, our real heroes from both sides of the aisle and from all across the country, wanting the best for their farmers and their state. So, Jory, we've had hemp items, including uh, clothing, paper, food products, legally available pretty much this whole time. Uh, we just couldn't produce the hemp within our borders, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Historically, where has the raw hemp for these hemp products used in the United States been coming from? Thank you for asking. And we are the largest importers of raw hemp materials and manufactured goods in the entire world. And I've just been volunteering uh, to the competition to take our money all of these years. Uh, in the recent past, not, since 1998, Canada has been regulating their hemp crop and Canada has become the global leaders 
for catching up, but the global leaders in hemp bulk food ingredient processing. So the majority in the recent past has been coming from Canada because of our food consumption. Uh, China is right behind. China is the uh, capital of hemp textiles. They have tremendous expertise and, and uh, infrastructure set up there and, uh, and other goods as well. Um, and then there are certain raw materials such as processed hemp herd for animal bedding, although I have a good story to tell you about that. And it's a future <laughs> question that I'm sure you're going to ask. And, uh, and bioaggregate for construction infill, often known as hempcrete, which of course is a mold, rot, pest, uh, and fire resistant construction infill made from hemp and lime and water. And that, uh, that processed uh, herd is mostly coming from the Netherlands so that you, or uh, Europe, we would say, but mostly from the Netherlands. So we got about two minutes before the first break. Can you unpack the ramifications of this sea change for us? What exactly does the farm bill change in addition to allowing domestic hemp cultivation? For, in, in regards to thank to, you no thank you this is great and i'll do my best to unpack it it does so many things uh, that you know we could go on forever it has liberated industrial hemp first of all to drop the word industrial from hemp entirely we did wonderful strategic job using that word all of this time and we don't need it anymore the federal legislators don't want it anymore but they have liberated hemp as an agricultural commodity for full-on uh, commercialization in the united states so we defined hemp we broadened the definition of hemp in the farm bill. So now it includes extracts, compounds, derivatives, cannabinoids, isomers, salts of isomers. So there is no ambiguity since the DEA did not know what any part of such plant meant. Now they know that any part of such plant means the extracts, the cannabinoids, the derivatives, the compounds, and so forth. That's major. It not only removes uh, hemp from the uh, Controlled Substances Act, so for the first time in 81 years, because keep in mind, the Nixon administration did not alter a single word from the Marijuana Tax Act in terms of the definition of industrial hemp. So for the first time in 81 years, we have altered the definition of marijuana in the Controlled Substances Act that says it doesn't meet the definition of hemp, essentially. Uh, and hemp is now defined in the Agricultural Marketing Act of 1946, where all agricultural commodities are defined. Um, so that's pretty major. It also has amended the Federal Crop Insurance Act. Uh, you know, the, Canada has done so well since they began regulating in 1998 because they were eligible for crop insurance right out of the bat, like any other farmer would be for any other crop. You cannot operate without crop insurance. We have that now. Um, it's going to, it's also allowed in the tribe. Section 7606 of the last farm bill omitted, neglected the tribe. So this now includes the tribes as well. It authorizes the hemp research, as you mentioned, as part of the Supplemental and Alternative Crops Program and the Critical Agricultural Materials Act. Um, and it is going to repeal entirely this, this whole idea that we can only be using research for, uh, for hemp uh, in January 1 of 2020. So a year after uh, this new law is enacted. Um, it also requires the USDA to conduct this a study of programs of the, of the agricultural pilot programs as well. My guest is Joy Beckerman. We are unpacking this. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers and unpack the second segment real fast. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. 
Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another Can't Miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Back with Joy Beckerman. Joy, you were just unpacking that huge case of change that just happened. Uh, how about CBD? Is CBD now legal in the United States? Is it waiting for FDA approval, or what's the deal? Thank you so much for asking. It's, it's less murky than it was the last time we had this conversation, brother, um, but we still have some issues. We have always known that once we got rid of the DEA, the FDA would be sitting there waiting for us. That is not news, and the FDA's uh, stance has actually not changed, although they're starting to look a little more positive and being willing to work with us. So let's first say that CBD derived from marijuana will be different than CBD derived from hemp on a legal scale, not on a molecular scale, but on a legal scale. So indeed, extracts and cannabinoids from hemp have absolutely been defined as included with hemp and removed from the Controlled Substances Act. The Farm Bill did not, however, alter the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, and it was not ever intended to alter the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act because safety and quality assurance is a part of our life here in American culture and in most developed countries country. So that that was never going to happen. It's important to recognize that uh, Epidiolect, which was approved as a pharmaceutical drug, which was approved um, in June, uh, and then the DEA scheduled Epidiolect as Schedule 5 uh, for um, for this particular drug. It's only Epidiolex, which is different um, in, than just saying it's straight, uh, which is different than saying it's hemp extract. So we have two issues here and it gets a little complicated. So let's just talk about CBD for a moment. So right now, the FDA, and for the last several years, the FDA has been saying, listen, somebody has filed a new drug application for this component of cannabis, CBD, and that was DW 
W pharmaceuticals. Now they say it's been granted because of various provisions, Section 201 FF of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, and I will say FD&C Act for the rest of this interview. Um, once something has been uh, approved as a new drug, it can no longer be marketed as a dietary supplement or a food. And in order for it to have ever been marketed, uh, technically, you're supposed to get it approved as a dietary supplement or at least follow regulations that say these these claims haven't been approved um, as a dietary supplement. And right now, we're doing we're adding CBD to food. We're marketing the world leaders. In fact, Elixinol, which is the fifth largest hemp extract company in the world, who I've I've just now joined as their regulatory officer. Um, uses hemp extract. So, and we market it as a dietary supplement. Uh, the good news here is that on December 20th, when the farm bill was signed, FDA Commissioner Gottlieb in, issued a statement reiterating what they've been saying for the last three years, which is again, it is a violation of federal law to market CBD as a dietary supplement or a food. Folks sort of stopped right there. Misery loves company. They went into their drama to glorify the drama, which I'm just totally over with and bored of because we're winning, guys, and we have hardcore work to do. If they had read down a little further, Viv, they would have read that that Commissioner Gottlieb said, however, there's another section in the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act where that gives us some authority to say, you know what, it's all right. I'm paraphrasing. To say it's all right to go ahead and uh, mark it as a dietary supplement or a food, even though it's been as approved as a new drug. And Commissioner Gottlieb stated that they're considering using that authority with conditions, that they want to open up a path for us. Now, the devil will be in the details as to what those conditions are, um, because, you know, we don't want them to be sure, as long as your tincture bottle only has 100 milligrams of CBD, you can call it a dietary supplement. That won't work for us either. And of course, the industry uh, leaders and the stakeholders and the HIA will go to the mat in court if we have to, which would tie the matter up for years while we continue to bust the doors open for this industry to continue to boom. And what we really need, however, are standards. We have bad actors. Uh, we need to get them out of the game. We are looking for quality assured, safe products. People know where they came from. They have all the information that they need for traceability, for serving sizes, so on and so forth. And that, in fact, is where the FDA comes in. Uh, we like to be self-regulated um, and, and or work in partnership with the FDA for those regulations. The second piece of that, Viv, is that hemp extract is different than CBD. Hemp extract, a full-spectrum extract, contains multiple cannabinoids, and nobody's messing around trying to isolate one or the other. And so we have a whole other world open to us there with hemp extract. Uh, and it'll be a fight with the FDA, but it's, it's, uh, there's more room for talk there. Well, the mountains of prohibition are starting to crumble. Wow. Um, yeah. How about, how about things like banking insurance? Uh, retail cannabis businesses are still federally prohibited from using banking services, accessing credit loans, credit card use, as well as claiming just standard business deductions. What's the situation like now for companies producing or dealing in industrial hemp and all that stuff? Thank you for asking. We're free and clear. The issue is getting all the merchant processors and the bankers to realize we saw this on the horizon. came online in December for CBD processors before the farm bill was signed. Before that, there was massive exploitation and a certain amount of fraud in merchant processing where they called themselves 
high-risk merchant processors. Sure, we'll take your CBD money for 8.99% transaction fees and tremendous reserves and huge monthly fees um, and, and additional fees on top of that. And some were simply fraudulent. Um, and, and so we started to see before the Farm Bill was signed, but still just as late as December, major banks starting to get in. And, and uh, we now have, we're now, we have a, a great a business member, the HIA, that's doing all the way down to 1.25%. And they started that before the Farm Bill was signed as well. And yet, we have a, a wonderful business member who just uh, in the last three days got their merchant processing account that they had been using for years was shut down. So it's just education, education, education. Um, but we're free and clear now. You can bank with us. You can we can you can do everything that we need with money, insurance, all of the ancillary services. We are we are we are no longer in any way, shape, or form a controlled substance, and the DEA has no control over us. What? Ever at all. USDA is the primary and sole federal regulatory agency over hemp. We've been paying a lot for hemp items on the retail end because this hemp is needed to be imported to the United States. Or you think we're going to see cheaper hemp source materials now that it can be domestically produced? And could this lower the retail prices of some of these items for the end consumer? Next question. The answer ultimately is, oh, my God, brother, absolutely. And not only will the consumer be benefiting from this, but we'll be keeping the money in our own country. I don't want to sound like 45 or anything, but we'll be feeding our farmers and paying our farmers and our manufacturers and our processors and our transporters and all of our ancillary services and creating a job here and stimulating the economy here. And it will result in cheaper prices. And the reason why I say a mixed bag in the front, just so that everyone can get a real sort of picture of the landscape that's now in front of us is infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. Processing so and all that stuff, right? Yes, we need to get that done. And, and I also wanted to say that uh, for the first time, a, a U.S. hemp processor, Sunstrand, amazing HIA members, Trey Riddle um, and Jared Nelson, uh, and a great, a huge team there out of Louisville, Kentucky, but they now have gotten the price down for animal bedding from her, that beautiful inner woody core of uh, the hemp stock, which is perfect for animating. The, the animals love it. It's wonderful for uh, mold control and so on and so forth. They have now their Sunstrand brand, U.S. grown animal bedding in, I'm sorry to say it's Walmart, but in 1,600 Walmarts. Uh, and believe me when I tell you, it's a lot less expensive to buy that animal bedding than it is to, with a much lower carbon footprint than it is to buy uh, the animal bedding imported from across the pond. But we, we need to get the processing in there. We have about 30 seconds uh, for the next break. You mentioned the farmer. What does this do in 30 seconds for the hemp, American hemp farmer? gives them a choice, gives them a safe option as long as there is infrastructure for them, an option that might be better for their uh, bottom line, uh, an option that might be better for their soil, an option that may completely reinvigorate and, and in so many cases already has reinvigorated their family farm from the small to the large. We are have always said this will reinvigorate the family farmer and it already is, Vivian. And we're going to invigorate another break. I'm talking to Joy Beckerman, and we're going to hear another word from our sponsor, Advertisers. Come back for the final questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. 
NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, CANNABISRADIO20, to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back for the final segment with Joy Beckerman, who's one of the few people that can talk fast than I can because we've got so much to get out there. Joy, what have we not zeroed in on on this huge, I know we could spend hours talking about the farm bill and, and how it relates to hemp, but, but what do we need to add on the last couple minutes of the show? Thank you. It took us all this time to get a seat at the table. Yay, we have a seat at the table. Now is when the real marathon begins, brother. And as you know, with legalization of adult use and medical cannabis in Washington, now is when the real marathon is beginning there. That's why Seattle Hemp Fest is so relevant. We need you more than ever. And that's why we need to get together more than ever and engage in this process to protect hemp now that it's here from special interest from big ag, from big pharma, from big food, from various policies, the states are allowed to make plans that are much more restrictive than the Fed. They're under no obligation to follow this law. They can criminalize CBD. They can criminalize hemp extract. They can force vertical integration of hemp companies, which would require millions and millions of dollars uh, in order to enter the game. They could create all kinds of barriers to entry for the small business person and for the small farmer. And it is the small business person and the small farmer that we have been fighting for this entire time. And we need to turn up the heat on that. Uh, other ways that they keep in uh, barriers to entry are through excessive fees. So a fee for the application, a fee for the license, uh, only an annual license instead of a three year license and a per acre fee. They can really keep these uh, these barriers to entry in there. They can also put requirements on how much land you have to own in order to get in there. So that is the number one thing. Now that we are here, guys, we have got to engage in the process 
band together more than ever, be more vigilant than ever with all forms of cannabis, every form of cannabis. Understand that legalization after hysterical prohibition generally means high regulation. And so we have to guard against it and fight it every step of the way. That's what we've not talked about. And I'm so glad you gave us an opportunity to to discuss this tremendous need. We're going to have to bring you back, Joy, because uh, we have only begun to scratch the surface of your incredible knowledge on this deep subject. Joy Beckerman, you can find her at him. Ace.com, H-E-M-P-A-C-E dot C-O-M. You are a ganja goddess, darling. And it's always great to have you on Hempresent. Now I get to weekly feature Hempresent on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week. And here it is. And I, growing hemp as nature designed it is vital to our urgent need to reduce greenhouse gases and ensure the survival of our planet. And that was activist Jack Herrer, author of the seminal book on hemp, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, and widely considered to be the godfather of the modern hemp movement. That concludes this installment of Hemp Presented on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hemp-o-sapien on our journey to justice. As we silence the violence increase the peace and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity because when it comes to prohibition you've got the right not to remain silent activism requires a voice to find yours and speak up for justice my friends because resistance is fertile stay strong stand tall token easy and don't forget to email me at hampresent at gmail.com the hampresent theme songs pick back the plant is performed by sugarbush and sung by a much younger version of myself turn up the music maestro chris i am out see you next week marijuana The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.